brand is an emotional connection that you have with your audience. So if I was to say to you, you'll want to buy something from a brand that you know, and sometimes it'll be an irrational irrational feeling, irrational purchase, where you're just like, I don't know why I want it, but I want it. Yeah. Or if they bring out something new, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to have it, or I've got to look at it, or I've got to find out more about it. And you may not need it. It's not a need thing. It's actually a desire. So mm-hmm. brand is about emotional connection and desire. And when I had or did those interviews, I was able to understand my clients' emotional connection, what they desired at its core level. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Backstage Business. Today, I have a super energetic, awesome, amazing power woman of a guest. Her name is Suze Chadwick, and she is a bold business branding and speaker coach who takes your brand from basic biscuits to delectable gotta have goodness. I love that. Doesn't that sound awesome? If you want to be the go-to person in your industry or you want clients clambering for your brand of awesome sauce and saying, I just have to work with you, then you're in luck because that's what we're talking about today with Suze. She's got over 10 years as a brand consultant working with global brands and as entrepreneurs, Suze knows what works when it comes to creating a brand that connects and stands out. She has been recognized as a top 10 branding coach by Yahoo Finance And she's written for entrepreneur.com, Savvy SME, and many other well-known publications. She's also the author of Play Big, Brand Bold. She's also the host of Brand Builders Lab podcast and the creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Bold Speakers Collective. And now her focus is working with savvy women in businesses to create confidently bold brands and profitable business without the burnout. Suzanne, welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have you with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Summer. I am looking forward to our chat. So we're going to talk about some good stuff today. What I'd love to, let's start with your story and and how your work became the thing that you do and why you're passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Geez, my story in a nutshell, because it's a long story, so I'll keep it in a nutshell, is that I come from a HR and recruitment background. That was my previous life, my corporate life. And so I used to head up recruitment teams. And when I was living in London many moons ago now, we ended up doing a really big campaign for one of the big four consulting firms. And we were looking to recruit like a hundred consultants. And we had this brand agency that came in and we had to work with them. And they were looking at brand taglines and concepts and messaging and engaging communities and all of this. And I had not really been exposed to that before. And I was just like, what is this amazingness? And I worked with that brand agency for sort of six to 12 months on this really massive campaign because I was client side and heading it up from the recruitment perspective. So that was my first taste of branding. And that kind of never left me. I continued in my career. uh, And then when I came home to Australia, 
after being in that industry and in that type of role for quite a while, I just thought, I'm ready for a change. And I was sitting with a client. It was like a couple of days before I went on maternity leave and I was sitting with a client and a consultant came in and she was a brand and marketing consultant. And once again, she was talking about how they were going to attract candidates and what their brand messaging was going to be and the strategy behind it. And I remember sitting in that office just thinking, this is going to be my next move. And that was like 10 years ago. And this is going to be my next move. So I had my baby. I went on maternity leave a couple of days after that meeting. I had my first child. And then I contacted her on LinkedIn and I said to her, Sam, you may not remember me. We were in a meeting four months ago with this client. I really want to move into this space. I'll work for you free of charge one day a week whilst I'm on maternity leave if you teach me everything that you know. And I was in a senior, like I was in a very senior level corporate role, but I just didn't care. I was happy to be somebody's admin and lackey just so that I could learn the ropes. And she was like an ex-Deloitte branding consultant. So on a Thursday afternoon, while my newborn baby slept, I would sit on Skype meetings with her and her clients and she would be developing brand strategies and looking at taglines and messaging and, you know, how they were going to go to market and all, all the things in between. And I just found this new zest for life and, and just thought, this is what I want to do. And so between sort of then and the next couple of years, I just consumed everything I could. I did courses. I did like an employer brand certificate. I did my master's in in HR management, but with a marketing slant. So I just went for it. And I ended up running a brand, employer brand consulting division. So I kind of took my recruitment background and I took the branding work that we had originally done and put that together and, and built a really successful brand consulting business inside the corporate that I was working for. And I did that from scratch. And then I ended up working with women in business to start to help them to really stand out in their industry and get more confident with their messaging, their branding, how they were showing up, what they were doing. And that has led me to where I am today in my own business. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I th- the big thing that I I love what you do and I want to share with our audience is what you can share with us to really building a bold brand. And first, let's even talk about what is considered a bold brand. Yeah. And I love that question. And I just want to say that when it comes to branding, language is one of the most important things that you can actually focus on. And bold for me is really about breaking the mold, going against the grain, doing things that are totally different, looking for inspiration outside of your industry. So if you choose to be bold, you're actually saying, you know something, I'm not going to follow the status quo. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to do things in a way that works for me and my clients and in a way that I feel helps me stand out. So bold is about making that choice. And I think the other thing with that is, Bold is also about making the decision to get a little bit uncomfortable and not follow the crowd and do things differently. So that's why I love bold. And the other thing is, is that I had a lot of clients coming to me saying, Suze, I want to be bold like you. Before I was using it in my brand language, 
I had clients who were like, I just want to be bold like you. So that's how they saw me. That's how they described me. And so I was like, well, if that really resonates for them, then I'm going to use that in my brand language and in my strap line as well. So I talk about building confidently bold brands. And the reason that I talk about that, and this is definitely something that is a tip as we as we go through, you know, what are some of the key things you can do to build a bold brand is that I was doing brand and business strategies for a lot of women in business and we would agree on it and we'd be like, right, this is what you're going to do. And then a couple of months later, I was just not seeing the follow through. And so I would talk to them and they were like, I just don't feel confident to do it. Like I'm not, I'm scared to step up and step out. And so I just thought I need to understand this more. And so I interviewed, it's over 100 women now, one-on-one where I asked questions like, when you're, you know, if you wanted to play a big game, what would that look like? Are you doing the things that you want to in your business now? When you're not doing those things, how does it feel? What else are you doing? And I asked like 20 questions and that's the recruiter in me coming out. And so I've got this massive spreadsheet that I've had for like over five years now, and I still use it today with all of the 20 questions I asked and then like 50, 100 women and all of their answers. And so that has really helped me inform my products and services, my sales pages, my content strategy, all of those things, because it's not me assuming what's happening for my clients. It's me knowing exactly what's going on and what they're saying to themselves and the things that are holding them back. And so that has been, I think, one of the most valuable things that I've done is to really understand my clients at a much deeper level because then they connect with my brand. And so just going a little bit back to what is branding, brand is an emotional connection that you have with your audience. So if I was to say to you, you'll want to buy something from a brand that you know, and sometimes it'll be an irrational a rational feeling, a rational purchase where you're just like, I don't know why I want it, but I want it. Yeah. Or if they bring out something new, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to have it, or I've got to look at it, or I've got to find out more about it. And you may not need it. It's not a need thing. It's actually a desire. So mm-hmm. brand is about emotional connection and desire. And when I had or did those interviews, I was able to understand my client's emotional connection, what they desired at its core level. Which is the most important thing that people miss so much. They get so excited about a brand, but they're, like you said earlier, they're making an assumption on what their audience wants and needs. And I think it is so brilliant that you interviewed all of those women because what better way to really understand their language, how they feel, because that, I mean, that should be the basis of, of your messaging to your audience. hundred percent. And I just, I, I think that there's this, oh, what is it? Like an assumption. Like sometimes I'll speak to people and they're like, yeah, yeah, no, I know I need to understand my client's problem. It's like a very, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Or yeah, yeah, I know I need to build out my ideal client avatar. Like it's such common language that people take it for granted and they don't do the deep work that Mm -hmm. actually makes the biggest difference. And so I 
having surveys and questions and speaking to my audience after being having on my own business now for five, six years is still a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly thing that I do. And so even little things like every year at the beginning of the year, normally I'll send a three question survey to my subscribers and I'll say, what is the main thing that you want to focus on this year? And I'll have like three or four things that I specialize in you know, what's your biggest struggle? And I'll put three or four things that I've heard a lot from my clients. And then I'll just have an open question of what else would you like to tell me? And that survey always gets an amazing response because it's quick, it's easy, but they get to have their say. And then I create content that speaks to that survey. Right. Do you find that they they're easy to answer or do you have to give them something or incentivize them to answer those questions no i think that like i i have a i have a great relationship with my subscribers and my followers and things like that so i usually get a pretty good response but i also think it's about making it really simple mm-hmm. so you want to they at the end of the day a survey should take them 60 seconds or two minutes. So they, I've given them a multiple choice in question one and a multiple choice in question two. So they just have to click two buttons. And then if they want to tell me more, they can. And so I think making it really easy for people to engage with your content or your questions, it's like doing a poll on Instagram stories. It's like, if I just have to click a single button, I'm going to do that for you. And so I think it's just about making sure that whatever you do, you're really serving it up to them on a platter in a way that makes it super easy for them to engage and respond to you. Exactly. So let's go into more of those secrets, tips, advice that you have to to build that brand. So we've got now, you know, really doing that I guess you could call it market research or just really understanding who is it that we're speaking to? What is the real, real pain point? And like you said, I 100% agree that it's become such, oh, it's that term. I can't think of it, but it's just such common terminology to find your ideal client avatar, find this, that people hear it so much, but they're not really understanding. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who it is. They want this, this, and this, but they keep answering with the same answers instead of really going, what are they, like, what keeps them, what makes them wake up in the morning and panic? You know, what is that? What is really going on inside? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's one of the first things as far as foundations go. So once you really understand that, then you can start to build out other things. So obviously your visual brand is a big one. It plays a part in your brand positioning. So let's take brand positioning as point number two. We make split decisions based on what we see and what we read. And when I say split decisions, I'm talking about you've got a three to five second window to have an impact on somebody if they are scrolling or if they're looking for somebody, yeah? So when it comes to brand positioning, you have to ask yourself, in your industry, are you the Chanel or are you the Walmart? Mm. 
Yes. So we, we talk about price versus quality. And so we say, if I'm in the right, in the top right-hand corner of price and quality, where I'm the highest price and I'm the highest quality, then I might be something like Chanel, yeah, or Apple or Tesla or whatever those bigger brands that have got, you know, great reputations for being high quality, but they're also high on price. So that'll sit there. And then you've got maybe Walmart, which is lower quality and lower price. And so they're appealing to different audiences. And so you've got to understand where your brand is positioned. So I'm assuming it's not going to be Walmart and it's not going to be (laughs) Chanel. It'll be somewhere in between, but I think it's about really understanding. If I am a web designer, copywriter, coach, whatever it is that you do, you've got to think about based on the quality and the type of work that I provide and all of the, you know, extras above and beyond, And then the price that I charge, where am I sitting in the market? Am I looking for people who want to buy, say, you know, website templates? And so I'm charging $500 for a website template, but then I want to sell a thousand or am I selling a five or $10,000 product where really I would be happy with 20 clients or 50 clients or something like that. And so I think it's really about making that decision where you decide that you're going to position yourself in the market based on what you give your customers and what you charge. Everything has to align with that. So if I come to your website and you charge $10,000, but it looks like a seven-year-old put it together, then I'm not going to have trust in you. I'm going to look at it and go, this doesn't align. Like the price and what I'm looking at doesn't align. Maybe the message doesn't align as well. And so those are some things that I think as a business, you've really got to consciously take a look at and say, if I'm charging X, does all of my assets, so my products and services, my website, my social media, my language, my content, and my pricing, does that align? So I think that that's really important to understand as well. Hey everyone, did you know that for a limited time, I'm teaching free live webinars on why your marketing isn't working and how to fix it? In it, I'll be teaching the five-part marketing plan that will increase your revenue, save you a ton of hours, and get you feeling confident that you are using marketing that is growing your business. You can find out more information at www.thedrawshop.com forward slash marketing. That's www.thedrawshop.com forward slash marketing, and you can pick a time that works for you. All right, back to the episode. Absolutely. And is that something that you can also gain from your subscribers and your audience? So I think it's more you making that decision as a business owner. You have to decide where you're going to play in the market. And so this is like when you sit down and you say, I want to earn $100,000 this year. I've got two or three products. If these are the products I've got and I, you know, need to charge $5,000 or $10,000 or whatever it is for that product in order to meet my revenue goal, what does that need to look like? Like if I want to charge $5,000, I can't just give somebody potentially one hour of my time. Like I want to give them a program. I want to give them a community. I'm going to do these extra things that, you know, hopefully a scalable, like it doesn't take your time to do it, but you're going to give somebody something that's really great. Yeah. If you're going to charge them 
a lot for it or more for it, then you want to make sure that that experience is a really great experience and that it solves a specific problem. So I think that that's the important thing, but that's something you have to decide because once you decide that, then that will determine who you attract. Right. Absolutely. Keep it going, Suze. I love this. (laughs) Okay, cool. So the first thing we talked about was research, obviously knowing your audience and not being complacent with how you go about that. The second thing is brand positioning, making sure that all of your assets align and have the look and feel that reinforce the pricing that you're wanting to charge in the market. The third thing that I would say in order to build a really great brand is to really know what you want to be known for or say what you want to be known for in the market. And I always say, this is not what you do. So for example, I am a business coach and a brand consultant, but that's not what I want to be known for. What I want to be known for is bold branding and helping women to build confidently bold brands. And what I talk about a lot of the time as far as my vision and my purpose goes is that I want to support women to become bold and powerful voices in their industry and claim their space with confidence. So when somebody says to somebody I know or somebody in the market, you know something, I'm not feeling that confident in what I'm doing. I don't really know if my pricing and packaging is right or how I'm going to market is having the impact I want. Then people say to them, well, then you need to speak to Suze. So the question is, what do you want to be known for? And it's not what you do functionally. Yeah, what is what is the outcome that clients get when they work with you? What's that emotional element that they're going to overcome the problem? They're going to become more confident to do this. They're going to be more capable of doing X. Yeah, or they're going to have an amazing digital presence if you're a website designer where their website converts and helps them earn more money in their business. Like what is that outcome and how are you building a brand that means that that's what you're known for? I love that so much. And it's so true because there are how many financial planners, how many coaches, how many, you know, there's just so many different people. How are you going to stand out? And and I think that's, that's like a key, key thing to really understand what is it that you do that's, that's different and that's just unique to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that once again, when it comes to brand, one of the things that I think is really important is that a lot of times businesses allow it to kind of just evolve on its own. And I, <laughs> I'm i not of that school of thought. I'm like, I want you to craft your brand. I want you to make a conscious decision about what you want to be known for based on the research that you've done, based on where you want to position yourself in the market. Tell me what you want to be known for, because whatever you decide that you want to be known for will speak to the right audience. So I always say, you know, you should say who you're for and who you're not for. So because I want to be known as somebody who talks about bold branding and helps women to become bold and and powerful voices in their industry, I just want you to know that if you're somebody who wants to hide behind your brand, you don't want to be visible, you don't really want to have a voice, you don't want to kind of put thought leadership out there and you don't really want to show up, then I'm not the person for you because that's not what I believe you need to do in order to build a bold brand in the market right now. Right. You know, 
So, so I think also making the statement, not only about what you want to be known for, but really articulating who you're for and who you're not for, you know, I'm for you if you're an action taker, if you want to step up and do things that might be uncomfortable, but you're like, let's go, let's do it. You know, and it's not about, I've got a very bold or very vibrant visual brand and it's not about that. So some people are like, but Sue's, you know, you're all gold pom-poms and hot pink. And I'm like, well, I just love color. That's just me personally, but you can be bold and beige, bold and baby blue. You could be bold and black and white. Like it's not about that. It's about how you're choosing to show up in like your industry or whatever it is that you do. So I think that really making that decision and articulating and putting it out there, this is who I'm for, I think is really important. I mean, I get some sometimes, not often nowadays, but sometimes, you know, a while back I'd have somebody who's like, I really want to work with you. And once we have spoken, I'm like, I don't think you're willing to do the things that I think we're going to need to do. And so, and I'm really honest about that because I don't want to waste their time or their money. Right. And I don't want to waste my time. I want to, I want to work with people who, you know, believe what I believe and have the same values and want the same outcomes. And so I think that that needs to be a really crafted part of your brand and what you're known for as well. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of, as you're talking about this, it should, it should actually kind of feel exciting because I think people have this inside, but they're nervous about what other people are going to think when they go bold and when they go big on, on how they feel their brand should be or what it is that they really give to people. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think, you know, something, and I'm going to be honest, I think that sometimes if you're starting a business, it can take a bit of time to really become confident in your message. And I think it evolves. So for example, when I first started my business, I didn't have, you know, building confidently bold brands. Like that wasn't my strap line at the time, but I knew that I wanted to help women to step up more and, and be more visible and, and go after the things that they wanted. And then it kind of evolved into play big brand bold, which I had as a strap line for a little bit. And then I kind of evolved it into confidently bold branding, but then Play Big Brand Bold was became my book title. And so I think that your message evolves over time. And I think that the more that you lean into what it is you're here to do, the more that you'll become confident to talk about it and articulate it and really kind of be like, line in the sand, this is what I do, take it or leave it. And I think that when you do that, you will attract the right people. Like now, if I'm honest, you know, I would say 99% of the clients that come to me already know what I believe. They already know what they would have to do. So they come fully prepared. And I think that when you decide to go bold and be strong with your messaging, you know, I get clients that were like, I can't afford to work with you now, but I'm saving. And when I, and when I can, you're the person I'm coming to. Or Suze, I really wanted to completely change like my brand position and how I'm going to market. And so you were the only person I wanted to work with. And so when you make that decision to have a really strong message, I think that you attract people who were like non-negotiable about working with you. Like you are, you are it. I'm not looking at other people. You're the only person I want to work with. And I think that's the power 
of bold and, you know, strong brands. So I think everyone listening is going, I want to be that person for my audience. Like you're the one I have to work with. You're the one, you know, and so that's why this is so helpful is to really understand what are those differentiators that people would say, I have to work with you or even more so refer you. So if I'm a, you know, I'm a woman and I'm talking to another female entrepreneur and she's like, struggling with her brand, but knows who she is trying to put it all together. I'd be like, I know exactly who you need to speak to. <laughs> you got to speak yeah. to Suze because she's, she's going to help you with all that. So I love, I love all of this and I get excited listening to it because I think it is, it is so important. And these are the things that will grow your business. And speaking of which I'd love to talk a little bit about how, how does this bold branding affect growing your business revenue wise? Oh my gosh. I actually think it's like the number one thing. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Obviously I might be a bit biased because that's what I do, but I believe, and I've seen it over and over again, when you have a bold and powerful brand and a strong brand in the market, you don't have to market. So when you create something where people are just drawn to you, where they're like, oh my gosh, what she's saying is is amazing, or yes, that works, or that so resonates with me, she gets me, then I don't need to be like, oh, hey, Summer, here's my thing, buy it. Obviously, I'll still do that from a marketing perspective, but I've got people who are on wait lists. They're already on a wait list waiting for me to release a product. Or they're saying, how can I work with you? So that I'm not out there going, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. When you have a brand that is exceptional and does what it's supposed to do, then you don't have to market as much because you've already got people sitting there going, you j- just tell me what I, ne- what I can buy. Right. No, that so is, that is so it, true. So that's what, you know, that's what bold branding is. I always joke around and say, you know, Apple, like, you know, a bold brand is if you've got, you know, 300 people camping out outside a store, you know, for three days for a phone, like it's a phone. It's not life-saving equipment. Right. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not anything that's going to Well, I don't know. Make... I don't know. I think today people think of it as life-saving equipment. <laughs> the likelihood of the people who are camping out around the store, they probably got the last one. Like, it's not like they'll have the oldest phone. They've probably got the 11 and now the 12's coming out. Yeah, so so I'm sure it's not going to make their life any better. But the thing is, is that that's their desire. They want to be the latest. They want to have the next thing. But Apple as a brand captivates people. And so they don't have to really sell They just have to let you know that something's coming and it's not even out yet, but people are already on wait lists and camping out and all the rest of it. So I think that when you really serve your audience and you build a brand that attracts them and engages them, then you will have people, and I get it on DMs in my Instagram all the time, like, how can I work with you? Yeah, what like what like when's Brand Builders Academy opening or what's the next thing that you're doing and things like that. And so it just makes it oh, so much easier. Those were my next three questions for you. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much easier for people to give you money. <laughs> yes. No, it's so true. Well, those are my questions actually was how can people work with you? What different things do you offer that, you know, on different levels that people could work with you? 
Yeah. So I've got Brand Builders Academy, which is my signature course. And that is all about creating the structure systems and strategies to be able to scale your business and your brand. And that's like my first love because I love that course. Um, And we've got an amazing community in there. So Brand Builders Academy is the first one. And then I recently released the Bold Speakers Collective. So I am a speaker coach. I used to run big speaking workshops. And so I've had people saying, you know, are you still running those workshops, which I'm not. So I've now put that online. So that's the Bold Speakers Collective. And so those are the two main ways that you can work with me at the moment. And where can we find those? You can find that at suzechadwick.com. And yeah, and and if you've got any questions, you can find me on Instagram at Suze Chadwick or, or on all socials as well. But I like to hang out on Instagram the most and you can send me a DM, send me a message, ask me any questions. It's where I like to hang out. Oh my gosh. So awesome. Well, I will make sure that we have those in our show notes that you can go right to it. I want to check out Brand Builders Academy for sure. And I feel like we could have a whole nother episode on becoming a bold speaker because clearly I think, you know, I think you've already qualified yourself in this interview. (laughs) So it would be awesome to, to have you back. I'm always happy to jump back in for sure. Oh, fantastic. Suze, thank you so much. I absolutely love the work that you're doing. You're helping so many businesses and it's just amazing. So thank you again for sharing all these amazing tips with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Summer. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcast, where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.